0: welcome everybody to another episode of the Diver Wear post game show coming to you live here on a on a NFL Sunday here as I'm watching Saints versus Colts. I'm going to recap the D'Arville Warriors victory over the St. Martin Yellow Jackets. We're also going to talk about a few other scores along the coast. Recap a little bit of the, uh, go over a little bit of the uh, region standings and uh, just overall talk about the Warriors and um, going to preview the finale, the season finale against the Blucks, the Indians. The, uh, it'll be a big game or still got a shot at the playoffs. So, uh, we're going to talk to a few players later on in the show. Kevin Rogers, Andre Crosby, Jordan Wally, Malcolm Gowdy, Jalen Barker, Josh Johnson, AJ Miles, Jimmy Jackson, Brian Pittman, and head coach Josh Ladner. So mixed, it, mixed in a handful, uh, you know, talking a little bit on the offensive side of the ball and defensive side of the ball. So, But uh, overall, it was a great effort, great game from the Warriors. Uh, I'm going to go over the scoring from the uh, from the game. Final score, 45-7 for the Warriors. Uh, game started off on a big 80-yard kickoff return by Kevin Rogers to start the game. Uh, it's the first return of any sort, return touchdown of any sort for the Warriors on the season. You know they've had. You could tell they were getting close and close on a few of them, and then uh, Kevin just busted through the line, and it was all she wrote. You know that was early in the first. That was first, first, uh, first drive, first play of the game. And then I'm going to break down the. I'm going to just list you the remaining scoring drives, okay? Or the scoring plays, I should say. 65 yard touchdown run, Andre Crosby. That made it 14 0 Warriors. Kevin Rogers, 6 yard TD run, made it 21 0 Warriors. 3 yard touchdown run by Andre Crosby, made it 28 0. 23 yard touchdown run by Andre Crosby, made it 35 0. Then the Warriors, the Yellow Jackets got a touchdown pass there in the third quarter. Made it 35-7. Then the Warriors tacked on a 58-yard touchdown run by Jordan Wally and a 26-yard field goal by Jackson Caligari. That were the last points of the game. 45-7 to seven Warriors over the Yellow Jackets. Offensive stats for the game. Uh, uh, the per se offensive stat leader sort of the game. Connor Jones was three of four for eighty two yards. Played a really, really solid game. He had a chance at a big big pat- touchdown pass there to Kevin Rogers up the gut and he just overthrew him by about two yards. It was a great play call at the time. And he was just a little a little heavy on the pass and just long on it. But Connor steadily been improving and becoming, you know, a quarterback, a solid, solid quarterback. You know, just continue to get better each and every week. He's not putting his teams in bad positions, and he just continues to play great. Uh, obviously, the th- the three running the three running backs that we always refer to: Kevin Rogers, T.J. Jasper, and Andre Crosby. And now you're gonna sprinkle in the youngin. Jordan Wally, you know, to spell them every now and then, along with a little Jaquan, Jaquan Havard. So plenty of plenty of backs. Uh, the Crosby went seven carries, ninety-nine yards, had three touchdown runs. Jordan Wally only had two carries. One of them was the fifty-eight-yard touchdown run. T.J. Jasper eight carries, forty-eight yards. Kevin Rodgers, six carries, 37 yards, one touchdown, along with that 80-yard kickoff return. Jackson Kelly, Gary, was solid again on the field goal kicking. Six of six on PATs with a 26-yard field goal. On the defense, had a defense without question their best game of the season. And obviously they picked the doozy to do it against St. Martin when they had to, you know, the backs against the wall. You got to win the game in order to go get to the next one in order to possibly get to the next one. So Josh Johnson was the leading tackler. Eight tackles, one interception. Jordan Wally had five tackles with an interception. Malcolm Gowdy had five tackles. Shannon Dallas a good job on the defensive line. Four tackles. Three of those were tackled for losses. Two sacks and three forced fumbles. Jalen Barker had four tackles and a fumble recovery. Brian Pittman had three tackles, a fumble recovery, and an interception. And Caleb Washington had five tackles and five pass defended. Uh, it was great overnight. Great night overall. This is the first time we've seen all three phases play a really good game. Uh, it was just perfect timing for the Warriors. They needed a the game. And they brought it. Okay, so forty-five final score, forty-five-seven, Warriors over the Yellow Jackets. We're gonna come back after the segment here after the commercial. Talk a little bit about the scores along the coast. We'll also break down the region standings from all the the lower six counties, and uh, we may even dive in them with a little bit of sprinkle of some sound effects, maybe some music for uh this type of this for this season that we're in shall we say and like i said we're going to be interviewing a lot of folks we've got coach ladner we've got a lot of a lot of guys from the defense and a handful of guys from the offense so stay tuned y'all we'll be right back with you
1: if you're looking for that special bottle of wine for that romantic dinner, all the ingredients to make cocktails for the best party ever, or just want something cold to drink during tailgating and football season, stop by Dane's Liquor & Wines. They have many selections of fine wines and spirits. and They're located at 10394 the Iberville Boulevard, Suite 8, or give them a call at 228-207-0528. See something strange. Come with
2: us and you will see. This is our town of Halloween. This is Halloween. This is Halloween. Pumpkins scream in the dead of night. This is Halloween. Everybody make a scene. Trick or treat. Tell
1: the neighbors on the diaphragm. It's our town. Everybody's scream.
0: Welcome back everyone to the D'Arville Warrior post game show here on Talking Ball y'all. Got to come at you with a little bit of a nightmare before Christmas. Uh this is Halloween. Just a great song for the time. Heading in here to the uh Halloween season here. Halloween being 2 days away here on uh Tuesday, October 31st obviously, but uh going through a handful of the Games from Thursday night and Friday night. Obviously, Thursday night had a handful of uh, 1A and 4A were playing Thursday night since it's their last regular season game. And a uh, handful of them had playoff implications, no doubt. Uh, we're going to start right off in the 1A ranks. Lumberton, 19-14 to over Resurrection. You know, I believe Lumberton had to win that game in order to... I think they were locked in They just it just depended on their seating so there ended up being a three way tie in that region between Lumberton, St. Resurrection and Sacred Heart and Resurrection ends up as the, the Region 8 1A champ so things felt just right for the Eagles there uh, Shan 35-27 to 27 over Bay High St. Stanislaus, 49-7 to over West Marion. The other game in the 4A ranks that w- had playoff implications, Green County had to win, I believe, to get in. So Green County comes out with a big win at home over to visiting Popperville Hornets, 29-28. So with that win, here's your four... Playoff teams from Region 8, 4A. Popperville's the one seed. Pass, Christian is the two seed. Green County with that win puts them in the three seed. And Bay High is the four. Moss Point misses the playoffs. That's just a tough deal. Got to be a tough deal for the, the kids at Moss Point, you know. you 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 don't have a game the last week of the season. so you're off. so not only are you off that week, but then you have to sit there and watch and look at all these scores from all these other games to see whether you're going to get in or not you know, just a tough tough deal all the way around. Like I said earlier, d'arborville 45 to 7 over St Martin. Had a big one up in loosedale PQ and traveling to George County. That had number one seed in that region. Im- you know, implication. Both teams were at 3-0 and heading into that game. And PQ rolled in and they said,
1: Hi, I'm Chucky. Wanna play?
0: They played all right. PQ in 34-21 over the Rebels. Big win for the Maroon Tide heading into the finale there this this week coming up. Uh, also in Region Four Six A, Pasco of forty six to twenty seven over the West Harrison Hurricanes, and then the other remaining game was Hancock fifty three fourteen over Long Beach. So region standings and regions. Four six a. Picayune is sitting at four and zero. George County at three and one, and Pascoola is at three and one. Hancock's at two and two. West Harrison and Long Beach are at zero and four. So those four teams are basically locked in. Seating is going to be the issue. Um, I probably should have had it pulled up, but I don't. I know Long Beach plays West Harrison this week. Hancock plays Picayune. George County plays Gula, so a lot of things coming to play. That Gula George County winner will be the two seed and will host a game, so that's a big, big match up there on top. I don't know how it'll end up folding out. I was hoping hoping old our old friend Brandon Shields would have all of that played out, but uh, he was just now getting started here right before I started recording, so We'll have to uh check back in and you know, later this evening to see what it is. But moving on, like I said, the region 4 seven eight games, Darville forty five seven over Saint Martin. Uh big one at Milner Stadium, Ocean Springs and Gulfport. You know, former head coach Blake Pennick from the Greyhounds is the head coach of Gulfport now, so it was a very personal, very uh, amped up game. You know, forget the fact that it was all about who controlled the region, but just a big, you know, it was nine to seven at the half. So very tight game starting the first half, and then that Ocean Springs defense took over in the second half. Final score thirty to seven, and and I could have sworn at one point I heard the. You know, the Hound Pound, the, the Greyhound student section at one point, just hollering out.
2: Ice up, son. Ice up.
0: <laughs> Channeling their inner Steve Smith Sr. And just happy as could be after defeating their former coach. 37, Ocean Springs over Goport The other score in our region, which was big concerning the Warriors, Biloxi 24 Harrison Central, 23. It was a final in overtime. Talked to somebody uh, yesterday, and I believe it went to overtime, tied it 17 apiece, obviously. Indians scored first, got the extra point. Then Harris Central scored, and I want to say, don't shoot me if I'm incorrect, but I believe the Indians blocked the extra point to win 24-23. So, big, big win for Biloxi. So, region standings after this week's games in Region 4-7A. Ocean Springs 4-0. They are the region champ. And I believe, I'm, I didn't say this a minute ago, but Region 4-6A. Peakyune is the region champ as well. They have both. They have beaten the two teams below them at one loss, George County and Gula. On the Region 4-7A side... Ocean Springs four and they're the region champs. GoPort's at three and one. Harrison Central Biloxi's at two and two. Diabreville is at one and three. Saint Martin is at 0 and four. So, off the top of my head, without reading or, or seeing anything, the Warriors should win and be in. And the only reason why I say, it, of course, I don't know how it's going to flow now, just because. Depending on how the games go next week, we could have three teams sitting at two and three. You know, Harrison Central plays Goport next week. Biloxi and D'Arville plays St. Martin plays Ocean Springs. So who knows what's going to happen? I believe Warriors win and they're in, but that's about all I know off the top right off the top. So it's uh it's gonna be some wacky finishes, that's for sure. Game will be Thursday night, by the way. All the Six A, all the five A, six A, and seven A games, finale games, will be on Thursday. Playoffs are two, three, four, and I believe one will all start on Friday. So that's your that's your reminder now because of the the referee shortage and that and such. So going back to the scoreboard show the rest of the scores. From the 5A region. Van Cleve, 27 to 7 over East Cent- I'm sorry. I'm sorry to all the folks that know me. Uh, I'm I apologize. The Cleve 27 to 7 over East Central. Sorry for my pronunciation. Y- y'all know me better than that. Uh, the Cleve twenty seven to seven over East Central. Gaucher forty nine to twenty five over Stone. Where is my other game? Oh, that's it had to have been Laurel and Wayne County. That's why I'm not seeing it. Laurel and Wayne County played each other. Um a Region three six A matchup. West Jones fifty-six to zero over Pearl River Central. So Region four five A standings as of today. Doshe four and and0 Laurel three and one, Cleef two and two. Wayne County two and two, Stone one and three, and East Central zero oh and four. So Goshay's in the Cadbird seat. I'm not sure who plays who next week, but uh, the Gators have a shot to win the Region Four Five A title here. So that's your scoring for this past week and your standings. Uh, all of those are brought to you by Talking Ball, y'all. The host, the the supplier. The folks who have helped me put this podcast together. So I appreciate Jeff Laussette, appreciate Clay Sweet. Those guys have helped me out a tremendous amount. And uh we'll be back, guys. We're gonna go to some interviews here. You got a lot to listen to, and then I'll be back in just a minute to uh preview the Biloxi Indians. Stay tuned.
1: Hey, did you know that Mississippi Coast Auto Brokers is the fastest-growing dealership on the coast? They have been serving the Gulf Coast for almost a decade with quality pre-owned vehicles. Their customer service starts when you drive into the lot and continues long after the sale is final. They have financing options that are guaranteed to get you into a vehicle that fits your needs and a price that fits your budget. They have two locations to serve you at 10276 Rodriguez Street in D'Iberville. And that phone number is 228-641-4798. Also, 11477 Highway 49 in Gulfport. And that phone number is 228-875-5556. Just remember, good credit, bad credit, or funky credit, you're always approved at Mississippi Coast Auto Brokers.
0: Joining me now are uh, running back tandem. Two out of the three run, two of the three headed monster. Andre Crosby, Kevin Rogers, counting for five touchdowns tonight. Start with you, Kevin. Uh, How did it feel to get the game started with that that long kickoff return for touchdown? First one of the season, if I remember right, of a touchdown yeah. return, right? It felt it felt great. I mean, once I just broke that tackle, I saw open space. I was like, almost set the tone for the game. And we've been talking about it
2: uh, all day today. Let's go set the tone with the kickoff return,
0: and I went out there and did it, and you saw the score. So, so I want to say this is at least off the top of my head without looking at my notes. This is I want to say it's the third game that y'all have each scored two touchdowns in the same game. Uh, I think so.
1: Uh, probably something like that. Does that sounds
0: about right. Is yes, it? Yes, sounds sounds good sound, to me, right? Is yeah. yes, it? I noticed that we started out. Y'all got them alternating, you know. Kevin got one, and Dre got one, and back and forth. Well, that? Dre had to top you a little bit, Kevin, get that third one, and uh, there to make it make it thirty-five. Nothing. First of all, great season by the two of y'all. How did it feel getting a big W tonight, getting this, getting off this losing streak, and just pushing forward going into this last game against Biloxi?
1: Uh, it felt good. I mean. Like you said, that losing streak, we needed this. I mean, I feel like this has a tone for next game, too. We had the momentum. And, yeah.
0: Obviously, y'all was running the ball very good. Was there something y'all saw on the defense that gave you the calls and the plays that y'all were, you know, executing? Uh, really just Kevin's really – he's pretty good at this. Yeah. So let him go that way, Dre. He's trying, to, uh, edge,
1: like plays, trying to set the edge, like on outside plays, just to set the edge. If, and anything was working for us, like inside runs, outside. We could do whatever we want as long as we just set the edge and block the linebackers. Pretty-
0: I, I didn't feel like y'all were pressing. They were y'all were pressing very hard on your runs, you know. Because mm. I know you've had a couple of times in during games, Dre, where you were, you were. It was like, almost like you were trying too hard to get mm. what you needed, you know. So I felt like you let it come to you a little bit and just got what took what you can, you know, that sort of thing. What'd you feel? How'd you feel overall in the game?
1: Uh, I feel like I could have done better. I didn't. I I didn't trust my gaps sometimes on on the ax traps up the middle. Yeah. But other than that, I felt like I could have. I did okay.
0: Hey, it's a great game for you to have three touchdowns on an okay game. I'll take it. But uh, (laughs) great job by you two. Way to lead the team. And uh, hey, we got a big one next week. Yes, sir. Get some guys across from the bay. Okay. Yes, sir. All right, guys. Let's go. Kevin Rogers, Andre Krasner. Thanks, fellas. Joining me now is Brian Pittman and Jimmy Jackson, two more of the defensive team. Uh, Pittman had an interception tonight. Jimmy Jackson all over the field. Guys, I'll start with you. Brian had had a handful of defensive uh, pass defenses and uh, an interception. Great game tonight. You know they were going to throw it a lot. What did you have to do in order to uh, play good pass defense tonight?
1: Um, It was really just locking in and just doing your job, really. I talked to the rest of the DBs, especially the cornerbacks, because, you know, we've been pointing out the weak links, which is, I mean, it's how we've been playing. So it was really just encouraging our DBs to do our jobs, stay in our coverages, and I feel like the coverages helped us a lot tonight as well.
0: Jimmy, uh, right along the same with Brian, what did you think y'all needed to do on defense tonight in order to stop this team? And to get a, get a big win tonight.
2: I just feel like we come out there and execute. You know what I'm saying? Everybody do their job. We're gonna get
1: the results that we want.
0: I want y'all to I want y'all to realize I'm talking to Jimmy Jackson, who plays for the Iowa Warriors, not the point guard from the Ohio State Buckeyes from the '90s. Okay? <laughs> yes, sir. We want to we want to confirm that. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Okay. So, uh, guys, last game. What are you looking forward to going into this last game, and what are you expecting? And what do you need to do on defense in order to get this win and be able to play one more week?
1: Well, that is going back to what I was saying earlier. Just if secondary-wise, if we just do our job and we stay smart and we just play our coverages the way we're supposed to be playing them, we'll will accelerate and we'll stop their passing game for sure.
0: Just remember one thing, and we talk about it all the time on the broadcast. This ain't Madden. The hit stick don't matter on that field. Does it? You got to tackle some people, all right? Pass that yes, along for me. Yes, sir. Appreciate you, Brian. Appreciate you, Jimmy. Thank you, man. Yes, sir. Back here, folks. with Jimmy Jackson. Uh, I cut him off a little early. He was about to give me some knowledge here. Drop it up for me, Jimmy. What you got?
1: By me getting uh, injured like, like at the beginning of the season. And I feel like this last game, the last game, you like, like, this, this, I was out for a week
0: Right, yeah, you can't, you can't take these games for granted, buddy. They're there, but, and they finish before you know it. So.
2: I told them they can't take me out here. So next game, we'll be back ready to go. We'll oh, that's Come out behind we we'll be going to win.
0: There ain't but one thing y'all got to do next week, and that's it. Okay? Good luck, fellas. I appreciate y'all. Thanks, Jimmy. Yes, sir. Get ready for an action-packed season with the D'Ivoryville High Warriors and
2: David Crenning All-State Agency, proud supporter of D'Ivoryville Warrior football. Just as the Warriors defend their turf, the David Crenning All-State Agency is here to defend what matters most to you. Join the winning spirit this season. Swing by the David Crenning All-State Agency to explore your insurance options tailored just for you, or reach out at 228-300-4880. Remember, you're in good hands with David Crenning All-State.
0: Joining me now is a good portion of the linebacker crew, Malcolm Gowdy, Jalen Barker, Josh Johnson, and A.J. Miles. Great job on the defense tonight. Y'all's best game by far for the whole season. What did y'all see, we'll start with you, Malcolm. What did y'all see on film and gearing up for this game that helped y'all do so good tonight?
1: Mm. Well, I think we saw that they're O-line. Uh, I wouldn't say that's, that was his strongest point, so I think we decided we, we could attack that pretty well. In fact, like our DBs really stepped up this week, really uh, got the job done. I think it was a real complete game we all played.
0: Yeah, I mean, we had four turnovers on defense, you know, three picks and a, a fumble recovery. Um, Jalen, you had a handful of plays on defense there on blitzes and, and things like that. Uh, yes, sir. How did you feel tonight? And, and what do you see on your side? You know, obviously, y'all are playing inside and outside backers. So what do y'all see? On, you know, you're on the outside, so what do you see differently that
1: Malcolm may have not have seen so far um, on their offense? Well, I saw, like, when, the, um, when they said, like, whiskey, that meant, like, bulky, so that means they were going silent to silent snap. They weren't, they weren't going to snap the ball. But then when they um, – what's it called? When they said yellow, that means they were going to throw it to the – they were going to throw a screen pass.
0: Yeah, uh, lot, a lot going. You know, they had y'all, – y'all were having a little issue there on that first quarter, you know, with that snap count, getting that – you had the three offside penalties. Uh, what was y'all talking to your defensive line? What were y'all trying to straighten out and, and just get them focused and get them ready for that silent snap cap or that, you know, that hot count, whatever you want to call it? Yes, sir. What was y'all doing to get them
1: going? Uh, we, we were trying to figure out, like – the, like what they saying and like whiskey mean like yeah yeah they're not hiking the ball cause, like whiskey no drinking i, fi- I figured it out yeah then, say
0: no the drugs are drinking guys yeah yeah
1: <laughs> then we we're like yeah ball key ball key that mean don't jump and stuff so yeah i figured it out
0: let's talk to josh josh what uh had you an interception tonight couple tackles uh great game tonight uh what th- would you think when you saw that ball coming your way and you was about to snatch it out of the air there, bud?
1: I thought he caught it, but like I was like, put your hands in case it goes through his hands, which it did. But I thought caught it, it was really just like take it to the crew. But, like you know, I executed it, came out, played hard, did what I had to do, my job, and everything came out as results.
0: What you all think, guys? we trying to record. We got videos oh, happening. This is
1: this, this the first time, so I'm just trying to so take tell it in me, the moment.
0: What I you all this is how a win feels, am I right?
1: Yes, sir. It feels it good. the best
0: thing in the world. Yes. Sir. Hey, look, we got one more big game. Yes, sir. Against the tribe. Yep, that's that's so what they call. So y'all gotta practice hard.
1: Yes, sir. That's some, some of, of y'all
0: at your final games.
1: Yes, sir. That's your final it's home be a game. Big
0: one. So just be ready. Get your practice in. Stay out of trouble. Maybe I'll see you next Friday. <laughs> yes, right?
1: sir. You yes, will. You'll be I good. Jalen, gonna...
0: Jalen, Barker, Josh Johnson, AJ Miles, Malcolm Gowdy. Appreciate you, fellas. Thank you. Joining me now is number eight, the freshman, Mr. Champ, Jordan Wally. Hey Champ, uh, great game tonight. Interception, touchdown run. How'd you feel getting, uh, getting a little peace tonight? Uh, I felt great, man.
2: Just playing the game I love.
0: Well, let me ask you this. Uh, if you wanted to compare how you did tonight and the only two people you could compare was to Jaden or Justin. What would you say?
1: I think i compare myself to Justin. But really, I'm really better than him.
0: Well, I mean, I've always heard you the best of the bunch. So now you just now it's just up to you to prove it. Yes, sir. So uh, you're, heading to, you're heading to Auburn tomorrow to see Big Brother play, huh? Yes, sir. All right. Have fun ring that cowbell a little bit for me and I'll see you Friday night it's Justin Wally not Justin Wally not Jaden Wally but Jordan Wally the third and in the, in the, in the best of the bunch he says yes, Wally sir. World number 8 hey good number 2 by the way Jordan Wally I appreciate it thank you buddy
1: The Next Level Performing Arts Studio is celebrating 20 years of excellence in performing arts education. Founded in 2004 by the Iberville alumni Jennifer Kron densing TNL offers dance, music, after-school arts programs, and more. Register now to be a part of their 20th anniversary season. Classes are open to girls and boys ages 2 and up, and beginners are always welcome. Find them on Facebook or give them a call at 396 2901 and take your performance to the next level.
0: Joining me now is head coach Josh Ladner. Uh, coach, big win Friday night. We're going to try this a second time. I would definitely hit the record button. Um, how did you feel after looking at the film and seeing how your guys played? And uh, that defense did an awesome job, but overall, what was your thoughts after uh, getting a chance to watch the film?
2: Um, you know, watching the film, and, and to be honest, um, we kind of put that away pretty quick. You know, I did glance at it. I watched it a little bit Friday night. But my focus has uh, honestly been uh, Biloxi the last uh, – ever, every second, ever since then. So uh, we just got – I think the right thing to do for us was just to kind of close the door on that and move on. because, You know, this is everything. This is our season. You know, we gave ourselves an opportunity, and it's here in front of us, and so we got to go get it. Um, but, you know, going back just from, you know, from St. Martin, I am very proud of the kids, man, proud of the seniors, proud of the boys for rising up and making the proper adjustments. You know, so many, so many teams with maybe less tradition, less passion, um, would have uh, maybe folded it up. But, man, that, they came to work, and I think the hard work showed on Friday night, you know, on both sides of the ball, but as you said, especially on defense.
0: Yeah, the uh, running game was was going pretty good, and then the, when when you did need a pass, Connor did a good job on the uh, on the passes that he threw. He he probably liked that one back against Kevin Deep, but yeah. other than that, you know, he's just continued to get better and better. Uh, tell us about how how this offensive line was because I know you had to fill in a little bit, but the, those guys did a great job all night, and just you know through adversity throughout the year, and they just continue to do what needs to be done when it's time to get it done?
2: Yeah, I think um, out of the nine weeks that we've played, we've, we've had seven different started lineups on the offensive line. So, you know, a lot of credit goes to, you know, Coach Bennett uh, for, you know, shuffling the line around and getting the guys ready week in, week out uh, because, you know, as everyone knows, the offensive line is, is, uh, is really the main thing you know, with our offense, really with every offense, but especially with ours. So, and uh, they played well. You know, I had an injury on Wednesday and had a guy that had to step in, sort of learn to plays on Thursday, and and, um, and was proud of how he played. Uh, you know, so for the most part, the offensive line, you know they they did very well up front. You know, and I was proud of them.
0: In uh, defense, defensively, we played our best game. You know the no doubt, and. Um, what what can you say about Coach Gowdy and that in that whole crew and, and this defensive group that that did such a w- great job on Friday night?
2: Yeah, the whole the whole staff really, Coach Ducom, Coach Gowdy, uh, Coach Cooper, Coach Williams, Coach Chapman, uh, Coach Allen, they all, you know, work group really well together and um, and and you know, really found some wrinkles, some some things that we could change out that we felt like could probably work to help our personnel, you know, be in a better position to make the play. And I thought we did that in the second half. We just didn't quite make the play. and uh, But the kids definitely rose to the occasion and made the play this time. You know, um, especially, um, I would say, champs, starting with Champs interceptions, uh, freshmen freshman in the corner of the end zone, they had two prolific wide receivers uh, that could really go up and get the ball, and they did a good job challenging them. Uh, Shannon Dowson had three, uh, three calls fumbles. Um, we had Brian Pittman with a recover fumble and an interception. Senior defensive back, the only senior defensive back we have. Um, and of course, my two sophomore corners were playing tough all night, coming up and making the tackles that they needed to make, and not miss. So, you know, um, overall it was a great team effort, man. Proud of everybody on the defensive side, including the coaching staff.
0: One uh one more thing for Friday night, Coach. How how did you? How happy was you to see, not only, first of all, we got the win, but the fact that we played a three phase game throughout. Yeah. You know. Man,
2: yes, it's so refreshing to, for the kids to actually you know know what that looks like and to feel it you know and um and that's kind of what the challenge was you know is let's play four quarters of warrior football. And uh, see what can come out of it. And I think we did that, and they did that. And uh, I think they're excited because now they, you know, they sort of have the formula. You know, that's the formula now. We just have to kind of uh, duplicate that same effort and in intensity week in and week out. And uh, who knows what's happening? You know.
0: Yeah, and like you said earlier, it's a big game coming up this Friday against Bil- right, I'm sorry. This Thursday against Biloxi. Before we talk about Biloxi coaches. Is there anything on the preparations that will change since the game is actually on Thursday? Is there anything going to change with the, uh, you know, the schedule or anything that you plan to do this week with the kids?
2: Yeah, so, um, if Belushi's listening, we practiced last night. We will practicing tonight, so just to make them nervous, but no, we... We, uh, of course, we let the kids rest on Saturday like normal. We did bring them in today. Uh, we normally don't bring the kids in on Sunday. Uh, but today we did. We're just now leaving the field house now, but we brought them in at three and we did a little, um, basically the implementation of the game plan so that we can save ourselves a little bit of time on Monday. So, uh, we yeah, introduced the game plan to the kids this evening and then tomorrow we'll start, uh, beginning practicing. And, and basically what we do is, you know, Monday is your new Tuesday, Tuesday is your new Wednesday, and Wednesday, of course, is your new Thursday, which we may stay a little later on Wednesday than we normally do. Um, We normally let them go with the bell on Thursday, but I'll probably keep them maybe an hour after the bell just to get the finishing touches on that. We also probably, we'll probably do a little less contact, you know, uh, probably not beat up on them too much since it's a short week and a quick turnaround, but you know, I, you know, we may do a little more just because we had a running clock in the second half and a lot of my stars were out, so it does allow us a little bit of freedom there, but probably not as much as I would in a normal week. So that, that's, that's pretty much all that will change.
0: So out of out of all the f- the film you've watched so far on Biloxi, what do you see out of them? What are you expecting come Thursday night? And, and what do the Warriors need to do to win the game?
2: I expect a great ball game. I don't know. I think Biloxi is a great football team. I think they're always going to uh, play their best game against the Iverville, regardless of the talent or the record. Um, and it's do or die for them as well. Um, they need to win. And um, and uh, in order to make the playoffs, they have an opportunity to make the playoffs. So, um, you know, it's just like, I guess, you would draw it up at the end of the year at senior night. They got to come to our place. And, and we're playing somebody that's a – Probably our biggest rival, you know, I would say. It's become a big rivalry. Um, and, uh, of course, last year with the way the game ended, uh, you know, our kids are going to be um, expecting and fired up and, and ready to go. Um, you know, so I, I expect a great game plan. And, and I know that Coach French and that, that whole club, man, they're going to be ready. They're going to know what we do. They're going to know how to defend us. So I do expect it to be um, – an awesome ball game so come on out and support man i hope the crowd is huge i hope we i hope we uh i hope we're louder than ever
0: hey coach i'm right there with you I, you know i i want to see I, i'm challenging everybody out there i want to see an overflow crowd how about that let's get an overflow overflow crowd on the home side and cheer these yep. cheer these warriors on but uh Coach, I appreciate you taking a few minutes out. Uh, Go have some fun Tuesday night with them kids. Let them get a little bit of candy in that system. All right? Tell them uh, them to stay away from the candy corn, though. We talked about that, but stay away from that candy corn. That stuff's, uh, you know, it's it's (laughs) wax is what it is. That's right. right. I appreciate you, Coach. Thanks for for coming back in for helping me out here, uh, and I'll see you in a couple days here. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you, buddy. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Hockey fans, Seawolves Action is back at the Mississippi Coast Coliseum November 18th. Head to our website, MississippiSeawolves.com, or call our office today, 228-999-8333. If you're looking for that cool Seawolves merch, head to SeawolvesMerch.com and check out our online store today, offering great merchandise deals. Thank you to the Talkin' Ball Podcast official partners of the Mississippi Seawolves. Welcome, everybody, back to the D'Arville Warrior Postgame Show. Giving you a little bit of the, the old war chant there. Because if you don't hear that this Thursday night from one, if not both, of these teams and their bands, then we got a serious problem going. So, Thursday night, Warrior Stadium, Buddy Singleton Field. The three and six, the Iberville Warriors, will entertain the two and two. Or I'm sorry, the five and five. Looking at a district record here, five and five. Biloxi Indians. So, I'm going to go over a little bit of the schedule that Biloxi has played from top to bottom, just so you can get an idea of how they, you know, played going forward. So, Win versus Stone. Loss at Meridian. Win versus George County. Loss at Hattiesburg. Loss versus Pascula. Win at LaFleur. Loss at Gulfport. Win versus St. Martin. Loss at Ocean Springs. Win versus Harrison Central. A lot of win-loss kind of things with Biloxi. Also, overall, Indians are 4-1 and one at home and 1-4 and in an away games, so... They're 2-2 two two in the region, scoring 251 points on the season and, and giving up 293 points. So, this will be game 33 between the two teams overall, depending on what you look at. Um, you know, there has been some, there was a, uh, you know, I don't remember, the, I can't think of the term right now, but he had any legal player on one game, so it was forfeited. That was the term I'm looking at. It happens sometimes. I'm gonna blame it, blame it on the hashtag Gamma Knife. But so some people probably have it listed 16 16 going into this game, or you can have a 15 and 17 depending on how you want to go. So last six games, they've been three and three against each other. Um, Prior to 2016, when the Warriors won, you know, five in a row, it's kind of just been a little bit, you know, just depends. Warriors went five in a row, then the Indians won the next two, then the Warriors won three in a row, and then the Indians won last year 34-22. So it's a good old cross-bay cross rivalry. That's been going on for years. And if you go back to folks, you know, I say the older folks similar to, you know, my dad prior, my dad and, you know, just folks in that that realm that have been with the Warriors for a long time ever since they played. And that's just a heated rivalry, you know. I'm gonna just just off the top of my head there's only two there may there's probably more, but off the top of my head, there's only been two teams that we've played where I know that fans have literally got into fist fights in the parking lot after the outcome of the game. That was at Laurel when we got screwed out of the playoffs in 87, I believe, or 88, somewhere in there. And then the early 80, let me see. I had it on my list. Let's see. Let me find the year so I could tell y'all. The 1982 Shrimp Bowl is the other one. Those are, obviously, I was at the one in Laurel, so I saw that firsthand. But obviously, I was only five years old at the 82 Shrimp Bowl, but heard plenty of times about the fighting that was happening in the parking lot after the outcome. That was just a – and that was the first time D'Avril had played Biloxi. You know, we never played him up to that point. And we played him pretty much off and on since then. So it's a very, very good rivalry. It's it's an under appreciated rivalry outside of Biloxi and Diabraville, in my opinion. You know, it just there's just little things here and there that each team have done that have just added fuel to the fire, if you want to call it that. You know, from I've always made the comment, you know, up until we became a city in in the eighties. Everybody in Biloxi and everybody on the coast, other than people in D'Oreville, would always say, that's North Biloxi, North Biloxi, North Biloxi, North Biloxi. That's all you ever heard D'Arville called was North Biloxi. You know, obviously until it became a city. And obviously, if you were from D'Arville, you called it D'Oreville. But, you know, I've told this story before a couple different times, but we go to play Biloxi. This is in a. this is at some point in the eighties. I don't remember when, but we go to play at Biloxi at Yankee Stadium there on Lee Street. By the way, great great stadium. That was probably my second favorite stadium to play at other than Warrior Stadium. So we go to play there. I'm you know, I'm a kid. And I just remember this is back in the old days when they always had to do the rollout signs. Miss Kinnett and the cheerleading squad would go paint them all prior to the uh, season. You know the signs for defense, and then they'd do their roll their runout sign sometime during the week. Well, runout sign for this particular game said uh, it was a little bit of play a little bit of play on that. North Biloxi stuff so the sign said welcome to South Diabreville. and I just thought it was the best thing ever and you know it, it's one of the ones that's been ingrained in my head since then so it's took its own little turn to where you know folks have now since the teams since, since the teams are the stadiums are east and west of each other to where people have said you know, welcome to East of welcome to West Biloxi and vice versa and all that kind of thing. So I expect to have a really good tight game, you know, that's going to be, it's there's a lot on the line. So I expect the Warrior team to come out hard and heavy trying to win this game so they can play one more game behind it, the next game behind it. Same with the Biloxi team. They're going to be wanting to come out and, uh, you know, make it to the playoffs as well. So, just, 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 it's time to, it's, you know, you can call it a lunch pail game if you want to, you know, just strap a lunch, let's go to work, okay? So, I'm expecting a big game. There's a lot of games on the line this Friday night that are going to d- d- going to change the playoff lineup, you know, playoff implications, if you will, but uh, I'm thoroughly happy with how they played last week, and I hope they continue it this week, so I don't want to hold you too long, guys, basically, to break it down, what I was just saying, it's an important game, it's the next game, and the Warriors have to win, so y'all be there to support them, be there to cheer them on. If you can't make the game, tune in to the Diablo Warriors Booster Club Facebook page, Football Booster Club page. It'll be only audio only, but uh, by golly, me and Kevin Roberts will give you the best audio we can. So I appreciate y'all for tuning in. Thank you very much, and we'll see you Thursday night at Warrior Stadium.